the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Uh, greeting, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you back to a continuation of this fascinating series. Today, we are going to take a closer look now at the sources of Islam versus the sources of Christianity, which is something that normally is brought up. Uh, Muslims in general, but even skeptics sometimes will point the finger at the Bible and question its history, question its eyewitness accounts, and so on and so forth. But here we are going to make this comparative analysis between the available sources of early Islam versus the available sources of early Christianity. With me here to do that is our dear brother, Dr. Jay Smith. Dr. Jay, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, and, and, and listen, this is again, you had said in earlier episodes that I love to look at the comments. I do, I like to go, I don't, I'm not, I don't look at every comment, uh, but I kind of do a triage and as I'm going through, I pick up ones that are substantial, the ones that are substantive, the ones that are actually making us point and aren't just sitting there and doing vitriol or doing ad hominem. I really do care about people that are serious about what we are introducing and interjecting. And so when I pick up comments that are uh, that are substantive, and one of the some of the comments that are coming up over and over again is, Jay, this is okay. I, we understand why you're confronting Islam, but you need to ask, so also ask the same question of Christianity because you have just as bad a problem with Christianity as you do with Islam. And I want to prove that we do not have that problem. In fact, when you do a comparative between what we have versus what Islam have, there's just no comparison. So let's go back to that slide again uh, where we ended off the last episode. Let's put up that slide and here you can see, uh, just go ahead and, and comment what you see here and unpack what we've looked at so that the people know where we're going. Well, basically what we've shown is that the standard Islamic dates, for instance, when did Muhammad die? Uh, we showed the standard Islamic date when Ibn Isham, for instance, uh, you know, lived, died, and he's the one who wrote the Sirah, technically speaking. That's the color green. We looked at... And so that's 200 years. That's right. You know, 200 so years. Um, and then we talked about these are 200 years of oral tradition. That's right. These are people. So therefore, Ibn Hisham did not live at the same time that Muhammad lived, nor did he live in the same place that Muhammad lived. That That's hugely significant. Right. And also we looked at the color blue representing the six major sources of hadith under the Sunni tradition, but at least the top two, Bukhari and Muslim. Every Muslim knows about this, especially Bukhari. They consider it to be the authentic, uh, basically, source, uh, meaning that whatever Bukhari reported to us, technically uh, speaking, Muhammad did say, 
And we learn from there uh, how to live as a Muslim, technically speaking, how to behave as a Muslim, how to pray as a Muslim, how to perform pilgrimage as a Muslim, and the list can go on and on and on. But yet, we see that the span between Bukhari and Muhammad is 240 years. 240 years. Yet again, we have an oral tradition, Isnad versus eyewitness uh, tradition. And then we started to look at major, basically, caliphate uh, that emerged after the so-called the Rashidun or the right, uh, rightly guided ones, which is concluded at the end of the life of Ali. And now we start with the Umayyads and then later the Abbasids. And I think we zoomed in onto why the Abbasids are extremely important when it comes to having all these sources. Because everything that that is Islam gives us comes from the Abbasids. Right. You say Ab- Abbasids, I say Abbasids. Either way, you're correct to say it. Yeah. But... This is a legitimate question. We are poking holes on the standard Islamic narrative. Let's go to the standard Christian narrative and let's ask the same question. So let's look at this graph here. And let's move to here. And here is the what we will call the emergence of Christianity according to our traditions. Now, as I said in a previous episode, who what are our traditions? Well, they are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, would be the Sira and also uh, the Hadith, that would be the life of Jesus and also the sayings of Jesus. Black letter for the life, red letter uh, part for the sayings of Jesus. So we're going to ask the question of both the Siddha and the Hadith of Jesus. We're going to also go to the Tafsir, uh, which would be the letters of Paul, and as you say, Peter and others as well. But mainly Paul is the one where much of the Tafsir, and what Paul did is he just take what Jesus said and did and applied it to Ephesus, to Philippi, to Corinth, to Rome, and to the other places. And then we're going to look at the Tahrih, which would be, which the Tarikh, which would be the history of the early church acts. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them on a timeline. Now, I'm going to have to, certain Christians, I know there are some heresy hunters always out there, and they're going to jump on us because of the dates I'm going to give. I'm going to say from the get-go, I'm going to step on some toes with the dates I'm going to put up here. Not all of you Christians are going to agree with these dates. I don't even agree with these dates. I'm taking the most liberal dates possible to make a point. Okay, so don't jump all over me. Don't call me a heretic. Don't write letters to Al-Fadi to have me thrown off, thrown off his show because of what I'm saying. Because they might I know, throw me out of my show also. Uh, I know people have been writing you and <laughs> said, do not have Jay Smith on anymore because he's a heretic because he said A, B, or C. I assume that you know now these are the most liberal dates, okay? Bear with me. Let's just go back to... And, to, and here's why, Jay, what you're saying is if we take the extreme of the most extreme dates, Islam still have a it problem. It proves my point even better. Yes, All right, let's go back to the slide and let's look at this timeline. So what do we know? Most scholars would put the dates for the books of the New Testament in this timeline much, much earlier. We are using the latest possible dates to make our point even clearer. That's what I'm saying, okay? Mm -hmm. So Jesus dies in 33 AD. How do we know he dies in 33 AD? Because of Tacitus. Tacitus, the Roman historian, refers to the death of Jesus Christ during the time of Pontius Pilate under the authority of Tiberius. So that's why we know. So no one disputes that. At least historians don't dispute that. Muslims may want to dispute that. We don't dispute it. You don't dispute it, do you? No, not at all. Let's go with that then. Jesus died in 33 AD. All right? So What's the first reference? Well, let's look at the book of Acts. And I would suggest that this is the first genre. We know that Paul's letters were much earlier than this, but let's go with the Tariq. The Tariq of Jesus would be the book of Acts. Why the book of Acts? Well, because it's a historical book, technically speaking. Just like we have in Old Testament 12 books, we call them the historical genre. The book of Acts in the New Testament represents that too. 
Okay, so it is the history of the church. It's the history of of the early church, and that's why we it's in it's or the start of the church. Put it this way, and that would have been written between fifty two and sixty two A.D. So roughly within twenty to thirty years of Christ's death, you get the tarikh written down mm-hmm. of Jesus. Following that, uh, we get the tafsir. Paul was uh, uh, killed in Rome in 65 AD. So between 48 and 65, I'm giving the most liberal dates. I know it's much earlier, but let's just go with those dates. Between 48 and 65 AD, he writes down his uh, letter to Ephesus and to Philippi and to Corinth. He writes the, the, the amazing theological treatise uh, to, to Rome uh, uh, to, uh, called Romans that we have today. This would have been written within 15 to 34 years of Christ's death. Liberal dates, I know, but nonetheless, see my point, see my point. So the tafsir there, that would be equivalent to the tafsir of al-Tabri. Remember, we have, Tabri is the earliest to write the tafsir. We have Zamakshari, Suyuti, Ibn Daud, many who come after al-Tabri, but he died in 923. Here you have and also, I want to emphasize uh, those of you who might come back, and, and, and uh, Jay is absolutely correct. There are people that I know that are heresy hunters. All they do is just to take things like this, put them in their channel, and act like as if they are protecting the faith somehow that we are blaspheming here. But anyway, uh, he's using Islamic terms right now to correlate and compare to the Islamic terminology. That's all. Yeah. All right. So thanks for putting that caveat because I'm yeah. tired of all these me heresy too. hunters attacking me, attacking me. Too. Attacking I am me. too. Yeah. So let's go on. Yeah. So then you have the Siddha and Hadith of Mark, uh, died in 70 AD by the most liberal dates. Uh, and so you have within 37 years, you have the Gospel of Mark written there, followed by the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. You can see here the Siddha and the Hadith of Matthew and Luke. 80 AD is the date. I'm going to put the most liberal date I can find. That's 47 years. And then the final one would be the Gospel of John. So there you have the Gospel of John uh, within, uh, well, 90 AD. Uh, that's within 57 years. Okay, why is that important? What's going on here? What have I just shown? These dates? Yeah. You're showing the span between at least the life of Jesus and when these accounts would have been uh, written. And it shows that the existence of eyewitness accounts is extremely important here. Look and see. Yeah, you can say that... Everything we're talking about, the tafsir, the tahri, the sira, and the hadith, all of them were written within 29 to 57 years of Christ's death. Can you see that here? Everything is written within 27 to 57 years of Christ's death. Hmm. What's even more important is that every one of these writers, all of the New Testament writers lived in the same place Jesus lived. We're going to see that next in the next episode, why that's important. And they either knew him personally, like John knew him. Listen, he was his favorite disciple. He was there at the foot of the cross. He was there with Jesus while he was dying. Matthew was in a distance looking at it. The other disciples, we assume, were watching it from a distance. So they would have been eyewitnesses. But Luke uh, gets his material from Peter, uh, Marcus is also, and so they are the ones that got it from the eyewitnesses. They were not there to see it themselves, but they got it from the eyewitnesses. But at least they were living at the same time when this event took place and in the same area. That's hugely significant. Why is that important to you? Well, I mean, for me now, as a follower of Jesus, of course, is extremely important because these are the things that open my eyes, by the way, uh, to the fact that I have things I can stand on versus Islam does not have a foundation that you can stand on, meaning 
that claims about the dates, that claims about the existence of certain events, that claims about the collection of certain sayings like the Hadith and so on and so forth. I am teaching a course right now, by the way, comparing just the Bible to the Quran and using this kind of material. And the students are blown away by the solid foundation we have when it comes to the Bible versus the loose foundation. I want to just end with one slide real quickly because yeah. we need to get this in. Let's take a look at the slide. Comparing Christianity to Islam. When we were the earliest biographies saying for both faiths, well, take a look. Christianity were written within 15 to 60 years later, written by those from the same area, whereas Islam was written two to 300 years later, hundreds of miles too far north. Which would you guess is more authoritative as a comparison? If we, as Christians had to depend on the sources for Jesus that Islam is need, needs for Muhammad. We will be attacked. We would not know anything about Jesus until the third century. That's right. How could we defend him? How could we get out in public and say, this man actually lived in this place and did these things and said these things at that time? How could we do that? Absolutely. And I would say Muslims and others will have every right to attack us if that's the time span we're relying on. No one that when growing up, when I was growing up, no one ever said this about Islam to me. No one ever showed me these kind of dates. Everything we know about Muhammad, everything we know about the origins of Islam, everything we know about Islam itself or the Muslims or the Quran or even the city of Mecca come from two to three hundred years later. Why was I not told that? Why were you not told that when you were growing up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, th I think everyone sees now the devastating problem when it comes to Islamic sources, dating, as opposed to what we just demonstrated to you in a simple fashion, using the most extreme of dates, by the way, for the biblical, uh, uh, basically, uh, or the Bible, I should say, and the biblical narrative, the New Testament in particular. And you can see now that Islam has a problem that even Houston cannot resolve. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAInternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al-Fadi, and I want to welcome you back uh, to another uh, episode of this series that we have been going through for a while now, myself and Dr. J. Smith. And we have been really unpacking a lot of things, especially uh, problems with the source material for Islam. And last time we compared it to, for instance, the available source material for the New Testament. Uh, today, I want to ask a uh, question of Dr. J. And I want to say uh, this. Uh, Dr. J., of course, welcome back. The question is, what would happen if we would compare the standard Islamic narrative, source, dating, to, let's say, the history of the United States? Okay, well, that's a good question. So you want to bring it down to really today in the 21st century. Right. Those of us were living in the United States, both of us live in the United States uh, in the 21st century. Let's ask the same question and see if we can do a great comparative. We did a comparative between Islam and Christianity, and we saw that in one case, within 62 years, you have all the source material written down about who Muhammad was, what he did, what he said, and all the things that happened in early Islam. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, with Christianity, everything, what, who Jesus was, let me just do that again, who Jesus was, what he did, what he said, and everything that happened in his life, and how the early church began. That we saw within 60 years. Compared to two to 300 years for who Muhammad was, 
and what he did and what he said and, and how Islam began. Let's now ask about United States. We're living in the United States. Let's, but to do that, let's first start and remember what we said about Islam. So let's put that, that graph back up there. Let's go look at it. And here you can see the graph that we talked about. Now, unpack that for us as you did before. Just real quickly, what are we looking at? Well, we have color-coded stuff right here. Green represents the seerah on the biography of Muhammad. You see that Ibn Sham is the well-known biography. The time span between Ibn Sham and Muhammad is almost 200 years. It's, it's a little over 200 years, 201 years to be exact. You have Al-Waqidi, the same thing, 200 and at least uh, three years after the time of Muhammad, meaning uh, we have a problem with the eyewitness accounts. Then the color blue represents the sayings of Muhammad, the hadith, which every Muslim basically is going to rely on that to learn. For instance, how how do you know that you have to pray five prayers, for instance? you know, How do you know uh, what you need to do in certain uh, you know uh, uh, rituals and things like that? Hadith is wealth. Uh, wealth All of the five stages of the Hajj or, uh, are from this speaking, area. Exactly. But you don't have anything earlier than that. On exactly. The Look at the dating. Uh, the date difference is 240 years between Bukhari, for instance, known as the authentic compared to the time when Muhammad lived. And then we get into the commentaries, the tafsir, and you look at the tabari, and, and now it's starting to grow even further. 300 years span between the time of Muhammad and when the, uh, you know, renowned commentators al-Tabari began to at least report things to us. And he also is responsible for tarikh, for uh, what we call the history of Islam, or at least recording historical events for us. So let's look at another timeline. Let's put this timeline up here. This is a modern USA comparison. What I'm going to do, and I'm going to look at George Washington and the Constitution, because we are dependent on George Washington. Constitution is what is the standard, the laws, the institutions by which we follow. Uh, there's a huge amount of debate going on right now as we speak on constitutional matters. Uh, uh, you know, are we going to? Do we still stick with the Constitution? Uh, the uh, we, we have this the, the Second Amendment uh, that, that is being debated at the moment on gun uh, gun ownership and what kind of guns. This is a, these are enormous matters for those of us in America, just like it would be enormous matters for Muslims. They need to go back to a category. They need to go back to a book or a man. They go back to Muhammad and the Quran. We go back to George Washington in the Constitution uh, for our standard. Okay? Now, not every American will agree with me on this, but I'm just using this as, as a litmus, as a test. And not everybody is constitutional, not everybody cares for George Washington, but I do and you do because he is the founder of, of America and the Constitution is the book that we go to, or the document that we go to, to know how we're to live today in the 20th century or any, any century. So, George Washington, as you can see there, uh, died in 799. The Constitution. 1799. Did I say 799? I mean 1799. Right. Thanks for correcting me. Thank no goodness I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, what's the word, canonical in everything I'm saying. 1776 is when we got our independence. So that's when the Constitution was written down. Now, if we were to apply what Islam has for their book and their man, we're looking at our book and our man for the United States. Right, and 23 years span. What an amazing thing, isn't it? So, what, <laughs> that's right. What about his biography? So, the first, if we were to use the same category, the same time span, 201 years, as you noticed when we looked at the first graph, that means that we would not get the biography of Washington until 2000 AD. We're now in 2021. That means the biography of Washington would not have been written down, would not have existed except for 21 years ago, until 21 years ago. Right. How does that make you feel? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start to question everything about what Washington did or said or 
if even he was responsible for the Constitution or for anything else related to the early history of, uh, of uh, the U.S. I mean, okay. So Joe Blow was the one that wrote the, the, yeah. the life of Washington. Joe Blow says this is what Washington did. He cut down the cherry tree. He crossed the Potomac River. All these things we know about what he did are written by Joe Blow in 2080, 21 years ago. The first thing I would question is I would say, Joe Blow, first of all, why are you writing this? Why is it taking you 201 years? Where do you get your sources from about what Washington did? That would be the first question I ask, right? That's right. And and, uh, Joe Blow will say, oh, I was fascinated by his character. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I would also like to know what Washington said. So that's his biography. That's bad enough. It's only been out for 21 years. There would be a huge rush on, uh, on, on getting his biography. But then we get to the Hadith of Washington. The Hadith of Washington, you and I would not know anything about because it would yet to be written down. It would not get written down until 2037. We're in 2022 now. Can you see a problem there? Yeah. Absolutely. There's another 15 years we're going to have to wait for even getting George Washington's sayings. Everything he said, all his speeches, everything we know about that would take another 15 years. How can we even know who he is or what he did, let alone what he said? Yeah, yeah, which means you and I will be part of that isnad or the chain of narration because we will start saying, oh, I heard my father tell me this, my grandfather tell me this, and somebody's collecting him so far. And then we have one more genre. And this is the U.S. history in the Constitution. That would not be written down until 2090. <laughs> That's another 70 years. We'd have to wait another 70 years before we can get our Constitution. How can we have constitutional lawyers? What do we do with the Supreme Court? All the Supreme Court are there to guard the Constitution, are they not? What would the Supreme Court use? Because they would not even know what it is or even what they're supposed to go to for another 70 years. Can you see a problem here? Absolutely. I think people now are starting to get the message, understand What is the point of this comparison that you're making? The point of the comparison is Muslims, and I'm talking to Muslims now, you need to see how damaging this is. You have always assumed that we're going to listen to you because you keep on telling us Muhammad said this, Muhammad did this, I'm to say this, I'm to do this. I understand that. You do need a paradigm. You do need a model. You do need someone to follow. You do need to do what he did and what he said. And you've always told me that these are authoritative, and I've always believed you. So is Al-Fadi. He grew up believing you. But now we're saying, hold on a minute, you've got a problem here. Looking at this graph, when we realize that those of us who are Americans, what we, what Washington did and said, not that we follow what Washington did and said, but we want to know who the founder of our country is, what he did and what he said. If that didn't even begin to get written down for 15 years ago, and yet we have to wait another 15 years for it to be, to even know what he said, we're going to have to wait 70 years to even know what our constitution is. We would be in a dilemma in the 21st century, really supporting our, our founder. And let's use this comparison. I mean, let's say... When I came to Christ and left Islam, uh, it, it is these kind of datings that were important for me when it comes to the dating of the Bible and the dating of when Jesus lived, when was he, uh, the resurrection took place, and so on and so forth. And let's say now an immigrant comes to the U.S. and sees this debate about the Constitution, they're going to go and look at the sources, right? I mean, they say, oh, why is everybody debating this? And what are they basing their assumptions on or their assertions on or their evidence on? If they see a gap like this, They may make a decision and say, well, I see the point of those who are rejecting the the Constitution because you don't have evidence to back it up. But the minute they see enough evidence to back up, historically speaking, the 1776 independence, the 1799, uh, uh, basically, uh, life of uh, George Washington and then other presidents after that and so on and so forth, 
they're going to see that at least the history of the United States is standing on something. What about the 1620, for instance, and the, you know, pilgrims, you know, and all that kind of stuff? That's a huge deal. But if you don't have anything to back it up with, I, I was at Plymouth, by the way, the other day, and I looked at the rock, you know, and I saw the date and I saw the place and I saw many things. You know, to me, that's tangible evidence that supports things like this. If you want to find out what the Constitution is, you would not ask for an oral tradition of what people think it said. You want to see the Constitution. And there are examples of the Constitution. You can actually see them. You can go and see the Liberty Bell there in Philadelphia. You can see the story. You can actually go, and when you go to Boston, you can see about all, you know, uh, Paul Revere's ride. You can see where the bell tower is. All these these. Pieces are there. They're evidence there because for 200 years we haven't destroyed them. If we demand that of George Washington and of our Constitution, that we want to see the evidence, I would suggest that Muslims must demand the same thing of Muhammad and everything he did and everything he said and certainly the city where he lived. I would ask that they demand that. I would listen. We demand that of Christianity. We want to see where Jesus was born. Uh, we want to see. Uh, in Bethlehem. We know that city exists. We want to see where he grew up in Nazareth. We know that that exists. We want to see where he died in Jerusalem. We want to even see where the where the, the hill Golgotha is. These are the things we demand of Jesus Christ. And we're talking about 2,000 years ago. Muslims, therefore, must also demand the same thing because I'm going to demand it. If they really do want us to believe in this guy named Muhammad, if they really want us to believe in how Islam began, if they really want us to believe in this book called the Quran, and they really want us to believe in this place called Mecca, then prove it from the 7th century. Show me at least any of these from that century. We've done, you can see the problem with just a simple uh, graph with uh, George Washington. We showed you also with this, uh, the comparing, comparing Christianity and Islam and our sources. Now I demand that of Islam. You've heard the man. Till next time, have a blessed day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.